We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. We're getting kind of close. It's coming less than two weeks away from um, the opening of training camp uh, across the league, including here in New York with the New York Knicks. Uh, so we're, we're, we're you know, the, the, the content that we're going to be putting out is going to start to be a little bit by bit more and more focused on the season ahead. Got a couple of evergreen things still coming your way over the coming weeks, but for the most part, we're, we're starting to gear up. And that includes today's show um, with one of my favorite guests. He's someone that I have uh, the pleasure of talking to. Or I had the pleasure of talking to a lot during last season where I got to go on his show a lot, which he was kind enough to always have me on. Uh, Dexter Henry uh, with uh, New York Post and SNY. Uh, he's got a couple other things that uh, we talk about at the end of the show, but Dex is great. He is uh, obviously a rising star in the in the world of uh, New York sports journalism, but he's also just a really fun guy to talk to. And we have a fun conversation. We did a little bit of a theme for this in which we talked about storylines that we think are going to be uh, prevalent, let's just say, uh, in this New York uh, Knicks upcoming season. And we started off talking about the storyline that has been um, I, not dominating the conversation, has been a topic of conversation over the last few days, the, the Julius Randle leaving CAA story. So, uh, yeah, I haven't said my thoughts on that um, on the pod yet. So you get to hear those coming your way right now. Here's Dexter Henry. Joining me now on the next Film School podcast starting guest friend of the pod uh he's kind enough to invite me on to his his little shindig over at uh sny uh occasionally throughout the season the off season so i mean the least i could do is have him over here to, to talk a little hoops um the 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 rising star here in the in the new york sports media uh dexter henry how are you sir i'm well man i'm doing well i it's exciting times i love this time of year Part, not because it's getting colder. It makes me miss the summer. Yeah. But I love that basketball is coming back. I, I love when basketball is right around the corner. I can't wait. Can't I'm wait. St- 
I'm still wearing shorts every day. It takes a lot to get me out of shorts. So it's like it, understood. Yeah, but I, I did walk out of the house uh I think it was yesterday morning. We're recording this on, on Tuesday night, and I'm like, man, I I could be wearing a sweatshirt right now. I'm not going to yet, but I could be. Yesterday morning was a little a little chilly. A little I bit, remember right? I remember yeah. it was just a little chilly. Um yeah, yeah it was a little chilly. But uh, yeah, no, it's you're right. It, it's uh, falls in the air, which means basketballs around around the corner. NBA basketballs around the corner. I should say, congratulations to uh, the New York sports team that advanced in in the first round of the playoffs tonight. Uh, the New York Liberty two zero. Yes. Uh, yeah, nice nice little first round sweep. They hopefully will go on to do some special things. But yeah, we're here to talk about the other team in New York. I don't count the Nets. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, I knew that was a little shot. That was a little shot right there. Oh, no, I, I know that's a good. I like the Nets. You know that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know that. I have no, I have no love loss against against Brooklyn. Not not this version of Brooklyn anyway. I think they're a spunky team. No, but let's. So we got to talk a little bit about the Knicks. And I, yeah, you know, it's been, you know, it's been pretty, pretty sleepy few months. Um, I there hasn't really been any news like even outside of Nick's land. It's like there's nothing really been going on on the Dame front or the Harden front. Obviously, you had FIBA. So that was a thing. Um, and I was kind of preparing for it to be another. Slow couple of weeks and then kind of out of nowhere yesterday, we got some news um, that. I, I, I'm very curious to talk to you about because so the news obviously is that Julius Randall has left CAA yep. and there are times where my reaction to a story or something happening will be very much in line with the like masses and consensus. And I could tell already, I could tell pretty quickly that this was not going to be one of them because I saw this and I was like, Oh, okay. What's going on here is something. This is a, a big deal. Um, and it is very clear to me, at least based on from what I have seen, that there are many people who are seeming to to, to want to put this in the very much not a big deal category. So I'm just going to start by asking you, when you first saw the news that Randall was leaving CAA, um, what was your reaction? My reaction, honestly, so I'm in that category of don't. I don't think this is that much okay. of a big deal. See, yeah. this is why I'm I'm, I'm very happy yeah. about that because I I'm curious to pick your brain about it. Continue, please. Yeah, because we okay so. First thing I thought was why people leave people leave representation all the time for a myriad of reasons, right? Like this even happens with people like myself with like on air talent who have an agent or have representation. I'm so I was wondering, was he unhappy? I don't think this necessarily ties as much to the Knicks for him. Let me just say that we understand Leon Rose. We understand his ties with CAA. There's a bunch of Knicks that are tied to CAA. RJ Barrett is tied to WME, yep. which is interesting. I will say that. Do I think this means a trade is brewing for, for Julius Randle? Not necessarily. What I do think is interesting about this is he is going to WME. His former agent was with CAA. Maybe he wanted to get back with his agent. Maybe he liked how his agent. A business manager. Before. We should clarify his business manager. Or, or, or all right, let me. I should even clarify further than that. Mm-hmm. Someone who managed his like promotional affairs or something that is not going to be right. his agent now, but who works, as you said, with WMA. Yeah, right. I don't know what the relationship was. Why he'd want to go back there? I'm assuming they had a good relationship. Maybe he wanted to get. I I, I don't know. Um, I don't think it. 
I'm curious. I mean, see, before I don't want to even talk anymore. I'm curious to hear what you have to yeah. say because I'm kind of. I think Nick. Let me put it like this. I, this is what I'll say before I let you go. Knicks fans, you know this, John. You know how the Knicks fans are about Julius Randle. It's been up and down and up and down. And so sometimes I think the fans are looking for something with Julius Randle. And a lot of Knicks fans want to move on from Julius Randle. I understand some of it. I get that. I don't know if I put you in that category, but I'm intrigued to hear what you have to say. I, the, the only category I'm in, other than I, 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 I do have a liking for Brunson. I, he is, he is etched out a special place in, in what's what's left of like the true fan zone of my heart. Like yeah. Brunson pretty much has that, has that one on lockdown. Everybody else to me is, is expendable. Like if you're, if you're, if you are, can, can be traded for some for player X that is going to be in furtherance of, of the Knicks eventually winning a championship, which is all I want to see. I just want to see them win a championship before I die. Um, it'd be fun to see. It'd be fun to write about. It'd be fun to talk about. It'd be like the whole thing. Um, so like if Julie, if I could trade Julius Randle somewhere and, I'm, and my team's getting better, absolutely. I, ha, I've kind of settled into a place with him where I've accepted his strengths. I've accepted his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and mo- I think most importantly, I've accepted that this team has placed a pretty good ecosystem around him where he, I think he's going to be as successful here as he is going to be for any team. So I'm, I'm like not in a rush to get rid of him, but it's funny you say that because there's been something going on over the last, whatever, 36 hours since the news drop where it's like, yes, there are people who said exactly what you said, which is like, okay, well, that obviously Randall's getting traded, which is not my reaction, by the way, for what it's worth. Okay. I'll get back to it in a second. But, and then there has been in like an onslaught of, of, of backlash to that reaction where it's been like, oh, Look at all these Nick fans. They can't appreciate their all star. Like I've seen does, that. Yes, he does a thing, and people immediately make it out to be like he's gone, and they're happy about that. And there's obviously because we we are incapable of having a conversation anymore, just as a society. <laughs> not 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 on not on Twitter. Well, yeah, well, well X, not on whatever. Twitter. That's not going to happen. Whatever. Doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Be like that. It, it just devolves in, in, into madness. I I guess. Where I stand is like, and I'm gonna, I'm literally just going to say what my like this I, as best as I could tell. This is my own thought process. I don't, I don't think okay. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying anything that isn't true here. Ever since Land Rose and World Wide West took over the Knicks, like in my mind, they have been even more tied to CAA. Than they already were, and they were already as an organization very tied to CAA. And we don't have to go through the, you know, the Barniani of it all, and and so on and so forth. Um, really, don't need to like, do that. I like that. Yeah, uh, but like, so okay, so they were tied, and then ever since then, it's like you know, you see national meet, not only national media members, but also like local beat guys, like Ian, like. Um, you know, I, I I hope this was on air, um, but like I remember we were joking before an episode of the putback. Um, so maybe it was off air. Maybe I shouldn't say I, I don't think of mine, but I, we, we were joking about I was like, oh, we're going to talk all about the, the Jacob Toppin signing today. And we were joking, you know, joking about that pick. And, I, I you know, he said something like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that pick was made, you know, in, in uh, June of uh, uh, 20. Uh, when did they draft Obi Toppin? 2020. 
2020 2020 yeah like i'm pretty sure that exhibit 10 was signed in in june (laughs) of of 2020 you know it's like and that's just one example now there there are other like i think everybody kind of has an understanding or at least in my mind everybody has an understanding like caa and the knicks are kind of tied at the hip I don't. Do you think that's nuts that I think that? Because that's how I've thought since they took over, and nothing that has happened since then has dissuaded me from thinking that. No, it's not nuts, and it's also, it's also right. You and I know this. It's not just about sports; it's the way business works, right? Of course, we're going to do a lot of ties. A lot of I'll tell people this, but a lot of things you see in media. goes with who's tied to what agency and what agents have what relationships with what outlets. And this is how certain people get jobs and all this stuff that does matter. So I don't want to be, I want to be very clear. Now I don't want to say that it doesn't matter. And the Knicks have been very tied to CAA. I think you're, you bringing up Jacob, Jacob Toppin is a fantastic point towards that. Right. I think even when some people saw the move of them drafting him, that was like, okay, Obi's going to stay here. This is, That'll keep him here. They want to keep him happy. Obviously, it didn't work. It didn't work out that way. I think the thing we we need to talk about here, John, is just because Randall switched agencies, does that mean he's going to leave? So, okay. So then, right? so let's get to that part. Yeah. So to me, this is a twofold. Or actually, no, it's not even a twofold thing. To me, it's like, you know, I, I think there's, again, a lot of talk like, oh, he switched agencies. That means he's getting traded. I don't I don't see it that way. I right. am more about the, the literally the first words out of your mouth when I asked you the question. You, you were like, well, why is he doing that? Yeah, that's what I'm that's just that's literally all I'm wondering. And I because, think that, I, I yeah. think that's I don't mean to cut you off, but I think that's the that is the question. And that's what's fair to question. The point I was making at the top was that people switch representation for so many okay. different reasons. And that right. is where and that's where we could end up with this and move on to other stuff, because I, I know a lot of people listening to this right now do not want to hear already <laughs> or, are past the point where they want to hear about this, because, again, to a lot of people, this is like a non story. Um, but like. If it is clear from the outside looking in that like there is this like chumminess right between the organization and CA and and there has been and like look I'm gonna at some point I'll talk to, to Fred Katz or you know over at the athletic about this but like he reported over the summer that there are people like you know agents and like p- players that talk about like CA guys just get treated better you know differently if you like with the next like mm-hmm. it's a thing like it is a topic of discussion in whether it's in locker rooms in as you say the business side of it and agents offices like people talk about this. this is a topic in the nba so if there is that chumminess for me for julius to take the affirmative step of saying i am leaving this while i'm still a member of this team to me that says that something either happened or he is not happy about something or like something like I I don't see this as something one does without a very specific reason. And I'm sorry. And I'm I'm sorry if you feel this way. I cannot for the life of me think like, oh, someone he used to work with is now at this other agency. He wants to go do him a solid by signing there. That's not. Yeah, that's that's not not enough for me. Yeah, I want to be clear on that, too. That's not. I, one, I don't think that happened. I don't think that it works. Do I? Th- I think somebody you know being at another agency, you're not going to do them a solid. It can make you more comfortable. Sure, absolutely. To go to that place. To your point, John, that still means something. So, but, you, you didn't like something there. 
something was like uncomfortable at, at, the, at a minimum, at, yes. at a minimum, yes. right? At a, this is, I'm going to say this to people, this is no, the agency, the way you got to look at it, it's no different in a way than a trade request, except you have a little bit more power. If you want to fire your agent, you don't like your agent, you don't like your representation anymore, you have a bit of the power to do so of that, do so of that. But the only reason you'd move on is because you thought a two things, well, parts, possibly two things. One, you did not think the representation that you had was doing right by you. Whatever that means, whether it's you don't think they'll negotiate you a, a fair deal on your next deal. Maybe they weren't getting you the marketing opportunities that you would like. All these things matter to players, Whatever. right? Secondly, when you are going to leave representation, you're going to do your homework and look at where you think you're going to do the things that you didn't think were being done for you. So that's where I'm with you on this, John. At a minimum, what you're saying, and I think we should be clear for whatever everybody, what you're saying is like, look, something wasn't right for Julius there. I'm not saying it's something nefarious, something, something bad, something he just didn't like and said, I need to move from here and go here. Now, is that interesting in the context of the Knicks where there is so much of a CAA tie That's... and and there's a lot of players there assigned to CAA? It's interesting. Do I think it affects Julius's standing with the team? I don't know. I don't know. I can't really speak to that. I don't. And I want to be very clear about this. Mm-hmm. Do I think that he's going to step foot in the locker room and like Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart and who else? Isaiah Hardenstein. Uh-huh. Who am I forgetting? I think I'm forgetting one one player who might be. Maybe that's it. it. Might just be those three. Right. Um, you know, he's going to like give him the side. No, I don't think that that's nah. going to happen at all. I I, I don't think they're going to look. I I don't I mean, I mean maybe I'm wrong about this I don't think I hope not that they're the his teammate like those teammates that with CAA are going to look at him differently um I I'm again just more like this is a guy who and and again this tie this does tie into the Julius thing and this is where if you're someone out there who's listening to this who's like oh he's a he's a Julius hater first of all I don't think that's a fair characterization I defended him a lot over the course of this year and apologize for how I was last summer where I was like that get this guy the hell out of here I was wrong. Um, but I don't know that you could deny that he is a, you know, he's a, he's clearly a, a, an emotional guy. He has oh, yeah. shown volatility at times. Right. So I just wonder if he is upset at something with yeah. CAA and with, you know, with the, maybe the front office or whatever. I do wonder what impact that will have on his, his how he goes about his business you know, I'm not saying that he won't still prepare the way he usually does. He's, you know, in impeccable shape coming in every year. So like, I, I don't question that. But I mean, just from like a like a I don't I guess like a mental state, emotional state, whatever. That's all I'm I'm wondering. And, and you know, down the line, is is there a possible is there, a, I guess, a stronger possibility that Julius is, is not on the team now than there was in my mind at least three days ago. Yeah, sure. That 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 door has been opened a little bit wider. And that that's it. That's all that's why I do yeah. think but it's significant. Because he doesn't he no longer will have the ties that CAA then has Leon Rose that let's say something were to go wrong where things can be smooth smoothed over. Just to be clear to everybody so they know this too. And I, I know you know this, John. These Leon Rose now in upper management, all these front offices they have relationships with tons of different agencies. Absolutely. Does it help when you got more players that have a tie to an agency that you do? Of course it helps because when you need to get in touch with the agent, when something's wrong, 
you're going to take that phone call a little bit quicker. You're going to answer back mm-hmm. a little bit quicker, right? Those are some of the benefits to where players that might be with CAA and have ties to Leon Rose are just going to be different. And that's, that's, that's just how it goes. This is how these things go. Um, I do think it opens up the door a little bit more. I don't think that means Julius Randle's going to get traded. Definitively, is going to get traded. No. Now, now that he's with WME, I've seen I've seen some of this from Knicks fans. Oh, they're trying to get him out the door. No, that's not how it works, and that's not it's they're not doing that. And and we should yeah. say if there's been another NBA agent over the last two decades, maybe not go two decades, but like at least over the last ten years or so that has had ties with the Knicks other than CAA, it's Ben Bill Duffy who, who WME acquire. Yep. Uh, I don't want to say you can't acquire a person. You know what I mean? Who, who he, he became part of WME part of back in, mm-hmm. back in March. He heads up their basketball. Like he represented Joakim Noah, who the Knicks, right. Phil Jackson gave, you know, whatever it was, $72 million. And obviously he represents RJ Barrett, who for as much as we want to talk about was almost traded last summer. He's still on the team, paid him a hundred million dollars, the whole thing. So like there's a good, clearly a good relationship with Duffy. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I think you said it's spot on. Um, but yeah, I, it's not nothing to me. That's all. That's all I guess is all. But that's yeah. my position. It's not nothing. You know, what I'm, I might. Mean? I yeah, I might. Maybe I'm a little hard. I think at the beginning I said I'm. I was kind of meh on the news, right? I I don't something. The the point we're agreeing on and what we're saying, just to be clear again for everybody, is nobody leaves their representation if everything is wonderful. That's it. That's right? it. And that means their relationship with either their agent directly or the actual agency. But most of the times it's about your direct relationship with your agent. So nobody just says, I'm out. I'm, I, you know, nobody's just like, hey, you know what, John? I want to try this other agency just because nobody does that. Right. Like, that no, just doesn't happen. Just because it's like it's a it's a major it's a major shift. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's and especially, by the way, since he's. Talk about a guy who's talked up his agent. He's talked up Aaron Mintz over a lot over the years. It's like really being there for him during like tough times and this and that. So, um, but whatever. I, I, I think that I don't have anything else to say on this. I'm going to wait and now and see if there anything else comes of it. Hey there, Knicks fans. It's your boy, Jonathan Macri. You've been hearing me talk about Barry and his team over at the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum for almost a year now. It's a partnership I'm very proud to be a part of because as a former personal injury attorney myself and a Knicks fan, I know the difference that a great legal team can make. Barry has been at this for over 35 years and has informed me that since the 2023 Knicks season ended, he has resolved cases in the amounts of 1.4, 1.5, 1.75, and $3.75 million, as well as obtaining winning results on many less significant cases. Just like the great basketball franchises, Weiss and Rosenblum's long track record of sustained excellent results speak for themselves. Visit them at weissandrosenblum.com today and explore for yourself, or better yet, give Barry a call at 212 212- 366-6100, where he will offer a consultation on your possible matter completely free of charge, as well as chat about the upcoming Knicks season as he has been a rabid fan for over 50 years. You know the tagline. If you think you might have a case, talk to a veteran attorney, not a rookie. No case is too big or too small. That number again is 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. I did think there was a, a, a fun jumping off point because we could, you know, there's nothing going on. And so uh, I'm asking you, or I asked you, I texted you before, earlier today. I was like, look at your crystal ball. I'm going to try to yep. look at mine. This is a storyline that's dominating right now. I'm sure it'll go away. But what storylines do we think? You know, it's funny. I was thinking of the emails that you sent me before I come on, you know, 
uh, with you to do the yeah. to do our little things. Like, here are the three topics we're going to hit today. Like, what do you think the storylines are that are going to dominate this next season? Because I got to tell you, it's a weird place to be right now. We're looking, you know, putting this Randall thing aside, looking ahead to this team in this year. Not that they're boring, but like nothing jumps out of me like as, oh, this is definitely going to be a thing that we're going to come back to a lot or like this is going to be. So give me like one thing that you think sitting here today in the middle of September is going to be a talking point consistently throughout this year. I think one of the things that's going to be a talking point among Knicks fans for sure is has this offense evolved? Has Thibodeau's offense evolved? You and I have talked about this on camera. We talked about this off camera. Off camera, yeah. We've, we've texted about it. Um, listen, and, and I've made it clear how I feel about it watching the Knicks. The offense sometimes looks very stagnant. We saw some of that in the playoffs. Sure. Is it going to evolve? Is it going to be more free, free flowing? Are we going to get some more ball movement? Are we going to see some more pin down actions for players like Quentin Grimes in, in, in particular? Uh, th- th- he's a player I'm looking at when, when you and CP did the episode, that was a question I threw at you guys, which was, yep. was a long question. And I apologize. I like that was a good question, questions. though. But it, I was talking about the schedule and I also talked about guys like Grimes and Barrett stepping up. But I think a lot of that is tied into how does this offense evolve? This offense has been kind of boring and vanilla. John, you know this too. You know this. And, vanilla and can listen. taste very good though, Dexter. I'm a fan of vanilla. I should be. I should say that. <laughs> one of my daughters, it's my older daughter. Vanilla is her favorite flavor of ice cream. I am convinced that means she's not mine because uh, I'm I'm chocolate. <laughs> but that's me. There you go. My my daughter's uh she loves strawberry. That's she can she can really have all day. Yeah, she loves strawberry. Loves How old strawberry. is your daughter? She's seven. My so mine is seven too. I forgot our daughters were or she's about yeah. to be seven. She's gonna be seven in in a couple of days. Um, yeah. I've never heard of a kid that strawberry is their favorite flavor. That's amazing. Yeah, she loves strawberry. She loves some strawberry, man. She loves some strawberry. Yeah. So she loves strawberry. Anyway, vanilla is a good flavor. Back to that. Vanilla's but the offense flavor. has been, the offense has been bland. Okay. Sure. Let's 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 say that. It's it's not been exciting. It's not inspiring. Does it help? And I think fans saw this in the playoffs that you got a guy like Jalen Brunson, who I'm with you, is the only untouchable on this team, a guy that has proven he can get it done in the playoffs, big time player, all that stuff. Fine. I thought the Knicks played way too much ISO ball. I think they have to be able to have other ways to score than that. And they have to, you know, let other guys create as well, too. Now, can that be RJ? Can that be Grimes if he gets a little bit more opportunities? I think the thing is with Tibbs, we just haven't seen. I'm going I'm to throw a question back at you. Have sure. we really seen the offense evolve, John, since two years ago? It's been better because they don't have Alfred Payton starting at point guard, and that, that uh, was terrible for the offense. But has the offense really evolved? I think no, it hasn't. It, it I mean, it's been three years. Year one was Julius is the sun, and everybody orbit, orbits around Julius, and that's how we're going to go about our business. I feel like with year two, there was an attempt at evolution, and like it just never got off the ground and it, it crashed and burned before it, it, anything ever even started to go right. Um, and then like by the end of the year, it was like, you know, the kids were playing more and it was fun, but like, I wouldn't call that an evolution. And then last year it was kind of the same offense as two years ago, the first Thibodeau season, except they added 
a guy who, I mean, I know he wasn't an all-star, but like an all-star caliber point guard. Yeah. Um, so no, to answer your question, I don't think it has where I struggle with is like, and this is, this is tough. Cause like, I always am going to look for every excuse to defend Tom Thibodeau aware of that. But at the same time, I do feel like something that is a, a, a good coaching quality is to lean into the strengths of your best players. And who are the next best players? Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, and then I don't know, you want to go RJ Barrett or Emmanuel quickly after that. And like Jalen and Julius, undoubtedly, their strengths are give me the ball and let me create, right? Like that's what they do best. I even think we saw it even like kind of play out this summer with FIBA with like the difference between Jalen Brunson and, and Tyrese Halliburton. I don't, I don't want to get into a whole discussion about like who's who's like the better player because it's it it's a silly discussion because they're just different players, but like Brunson's strengths are, I'm going to take the ball. I'm going to work it, work it, work it. And then I'm either going to get a shot. I feel comfortable with, or someone's going to collapse and I'm going to kick it out to a, a three point shooter. And Julius is in a weird, kind of the same way, except he's in a, in a like he's much bigger. How much are those two players as your two best offensive players capable of being a part of an offense that has a little bit more, I'll say nuance to it. The thing that's interesting to me, and then I'll curious what you think about this is like, they really have done a nice job of surrounding those two guys with players who I think are very capable of playing in a more, whatever, again, I'll use the word nuance offense. They just got DiVincenzo from Golden State. Golden State's yep. been first in the league in assist rate for seven out of the last nine years. Um, he functioned great there. I think Josh Hart's that kind of player. I think right. Emmanuel quickly is that sort of player that could function in a more nuanced offense. I say Hardenstein, obviously we saw him with the Clippers, you know, before he came to the Knicks, he was able to do that. Um, and Quentin Grimes, you mentioned great point mentioning Quentin Grimes. I think Quentin Grimes, you plop him into golden state. He could, he could function great in that sort of offense. So there are pieces here that can be that, but I don't know. Again, it, like the, your, your, your top guys are your top guy. And I think RJ, by the way, I think he falls a little bit in the middle, but I think he's more, he more leans to like more ISO, but I, I don't know. Yeah. And then for me on that point, he's the other major storyline to me for the Knicks this season. And RJ, you know the Knicks, RJ yeah. You, and you know, the Knicks fans are going to be on this talking to Knicks fans and Knicks fans coming and talking to me. It's all, what do you think RJ is going to be? Is RJ consistent? Now, I don't, I don't know if we've talked about this. Maybe we have, John. I think there's a lot to like. Actually, you and I did talk about this. I remember one of the last couple of videos we did in the playoffs. I think there was a lot to like about what RJ did oh, in the playoffs. Absolutely. I, there are some Knicks fans out there that are way too hard on RJ. I need to see more from him. Listen, this, and I'll say this. I think you made this point too. If you get it done in the playoffs, that means a lot to me. You're yeah. getting it done when it matters. Seven of the 11 playoffs games, this guy was good. Probably the best stretch we saw from him as a Nick, right? Has he been inconsistent? Eight, in the eight out of 11. Eight of Don't, 11. Yeah. I'm probably shorting him. I'm not sure. No, I, I can't. We, we cannot short the man. You RJ cannot bad, short right? the man. You can't do that. <laughs> eight out of 11 games. And there's fans saying, well, I need to see this in the regular season. I mean, honestly, guys, I'll, I'll say this to Knicks fans out. If you feel that way, what do you care if he, let's say he has an inconsistent regular season and he's consistent in the regular season, the Knicks win. Who gives a damn? Who cares? Like, who absolutely cares at that point? The man got it done when it counts. And let's also be clear about this. He was terrible with a capital T 
the first two games against Cleveland. Sure. Terrible, right? Sure. He bounced back. You got to give the man credit for that. He he bounced back there and bounced back at home where I thought he might have he might have got booed off the court. He did not get booed off the court. He bounced back. I do think. Listen, I do think he needs to build on that. So that's the point of what I'm saying. Does he need to build on this? Yes, he does. Yes. Yeah, is, is the offense equipped for him to build on that, though, John? Well, so now you're now you're getting to one of my storylines and mm-hmm. maybe it's just because so it's just funny how you phrase that is the offense built built for him or is is the offense equipped, equipped for him to do, yeah. equipped mm-hmm. for him to to do that something that i've spent a lot of time thinking about coming off of last year and in the playoffs especially and like seeing how the offense just kind of went up in a puff of smoke is like okay so how do you functionally improve this offense without ch- ma- like changing major pieces and I spoiler alert I think at some point they are going to change a major piece or two and, and yeah. we don't we we don't like the 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 star trade storyline that that goes without saying that's going to dominate every year until they actually do yeah. trade for a star um because you know Jalen Julius and RJ are their their nominal big three and like in terms of scoring, like RJ almost averaged 20 points a game last year. Like, so clearly he was the third member of, of the big three, even though, and this now I'm getting to one of my things, you could very easily argue. And I think it's, to me, it's obvious. RJ was not their third best player during the regular season last year. Their third best player during the regular season last year was Emmanuel quickly. And you will even get some people who will be like, Emmanuel quickly was like their second best player. I mean, I'm sure there's someone listening to this. Like, what do you? Why are you shortchanging him? I do quickly. The best player on the Knicks last year. I guarantee you, there are people he out was. there who, who think that, right? <laughs> um, and look, he the advanced numbers absolutely loved him. His impact was like un, unquestionable. He was the elixir to every bad lineup. He was awesome. I think he was the third best player. So, I I don't. Not that I think a storyline is necessarily going to be like pitting the two of them against one another. But I feel like we are coming to a head in terms of they're going to make a big trade at some point, right? We, we're, Or at least they're going to try their damnedest to. I find it very hard to believe that at least one of those two, RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly, mm-hmm. is, is not going to be involved in that trade. So like, what is the best? Who is the best fit for the Knicks moving forward. And I mean, I, and again, it's it's something I'm going to be writing about for the newsletter in like a week or two, but I mean, I even think, and this will never happen to be very clear. Like, is there a version of this team where the minutes distribution maybe stays the same guys are still playing roughly the same amount of minutes, but like, and I'm not the first person to bring this up. People have brought this up to me for years and I'm like, you're crazy. It's never going to happen. And I don't think it's ever going to happen, but where Emmanuel quickly is just starting two guard and RJ Barrett's coming off the bench. Like again, it'll never happen, but like yeah. does, does that version of the, at least the Knicks offense, let's like, you, again, we talk about clunky offense. Does that version of the Knicks offense make more sense? Does it, I mean, the defense probably makes more sense because Emmanuel quickly is a great defender, but like, that's something I'm th- I'm looking at and paying attention to because I do think that there is now, there are like camps, right? There's the RJ camp and there's the Emmanuel quickly camp in terms of like, who is the, the, the more important, young player right moving moving forward because they are both still young 
That's good. I, I do think that'll be a major storyline. You do? And okay. I'm not crazy. I do. I do not. You're not crazy on that because I, it's funny. And I, there, there's a there's a group chat I'm in uh, with, with a couple of friends who are Knicks fans. And one of the one of the guys who watches your show, he'll know this one I'm talking about him. He'll know exactly who he is. Thank you. One of the guys, the he's way. very, yeah, he, uh, one of the guys, he will, he's very much a start IQ over RJ. He's also an RJ. RJ. Wait, Hitch. Andrew's saying you got to shout him out. Who's I got to who shout it out. Fred. Shout out, shout out to my guy, Fred. Uh, shout out to Fred. Shout out to Fred, who's a, who's in my group chat with one of my mentees, Greg. I'll shout out Fred and Greg. I know they watch the show, so shout out to them. Um, subscribe, rate, and review. Yes, subscribe, rate, and review. Do that. Support, support Nick's Film School. Always. You know, you know, I always say that. Um, you do. I think I think that's definitely going to be a talking point for people this season, right? And I don't even know where I really stand. <laughs> like I'm, I'm higher on RJ than some people are. I think RJ's a good player. I think he's got to figure some other stuff out. I think people want him to be. I think people always have this lens of being like, he's not Ja, he's not Zion, and I don't think that's necessarily fair to compare him that way, right? Like, it's I don't not. think that's necessarily fair to compare him that way. I think we need it. Can he be the best version of himself? I still think there's a way he can do that. I think he showed some of that in the playoffs. I think there's good things to his game. He just, it's about consistency, which is like for a lot yes. of young people. The other problem is, and you know this, John, and I know this, born and raised New Yorker, grew up a Nick fan. Nobody is damn patient. Nobody's patient at all. Everybody, <laughs> want, everybody wants tomorrow I, yesterday, right? Everybody wants tomorrow yeah. I, the, and this the, is a big year for RJ. This is a big year. It's, it to, is a big year. The patience year. level of Knicks fans is, I, I find it to be a fascinating topic because I do think to a certain extent you are correct that like Knicks fans, for as much as we talk about ourselves, it's like, oh, we'll be patient if it's something worth being patient for. It's like the, by definition, patience means you are you are not seeing the thing that you want right away like you someone might well i was we were patient with emmanuel quickly right you didn't really have to be patient with emmanuel quickly because almost from day one he stepped on the court and like oh this guy very clearly does all Mm -hmm. the things that lead to it patience is when you're watching a guy really fumble his way through it and like the, the bad is bad right and it and the signs aren't as clear as you would like them to be that's patience and then it's about just how how long until your patience runs out which yeah, you know, your mileage may vary. Yeah. So and I think the other point you made that's really good, right? With this is that you're right. Listen, it's not breaking any news. We know the Knicks are set up to make a trade. Yes. It's about who they trade for and if it's the right piece to put next to Jalen Brunson. That is definitely the thing. You're also right that I think one of the two guys are definitely gone. It's going to be RJ. Or Emmanuel quickly. Both will not be here. That's just not going to happen. And it's not going to happen. If they're going to get anybody good, one of those two guys are going. No doubt about that. Who do you who do you keep? I don't know. But I'll tell you what, guys. The first couple of months of the season to the storyline that John is bringing up is going to have a lot to determine that. I think who who and how they play. Also, you have to remember Emmanuel quickly has got a potential contract extension looming. Are the Knicks going to pay him? Are they not going to pay him? Are they going to invest? Do they want the flexibility? Do you think they pay him before the season? Before the season starts? Yeah, because that's the thing. I think they do. I think they do do pay him before the season starts. I have no inside information on that, um, but I think they do pay him before the season starts. You know what my inside information is? Mm -hmm. I read Ian Bagley. 
And Ian Bakley <laughs> has said multiple times, it reported that he would be surprised if an extension does not get done. So you know what? If Ian Bakley would be surprised if an extension doesn't get done, I'm going to be surprised if an extension I'll say done. many times, as long as I've known Ian, and we go way back to our starting our journalism careers, man, with his stuff around the next when Ian even tells me, also with the reporting, that he would be surprised about that. I'm saying trust Ian Begley. Sorry, Ian, that's a lot of pressure on you, my guy, but we're saying trust Ian Begley. That's all, we're, that's all, that's all it is. No, I, I think they get it done. I think at the end of the day, his annual number will be, I think it'll come in at a little bit less than RJ, but I don't, to me, it's not going to, like the money is not going to be the thing that decides whether one guy stays or one guy goes. I really do think it is going to be to a, a certain extent about fit with the Knicks moving forward, but also probably to a larger extent, what another team views one of those guys as like, what are they, what are they in our environment? Like away from right. like, and that's why it's a tough thing to, it's a real, it is really a, a, like a very layered kind of complex conversation. Cause like, do you look at RJ as the guy who can flourish more if he's out of, you know, the shadow of Jalen Brunson or out of the shadow of Julius Randle or Emmanuel quickly as the guy who like put him as a starting point guard on a team with like next to, I'm again, I'm just throwing out like, like Luka Doncic or Kawhi. Well, Kawhi is not a great example because he doesn't play games anymore, but like someone like that, like a big wing, like Jason Tatum, right? A big wing who like kind of, runs the offense, but also still needs a point guard next to him. Like basically put him in like the Marcus smart role, right? Mm. You know, and, and let him do that. Let him be the nominal starting point guard, but he doesn't have to like create offense all the time. Like what would he look like in that role? And I think that's a really interesting conversation. And I, and, and I wonder, you know, what, what another team might, might think. Um, I have another storyline. I, I, I almost don't want to say it Please. out loud because I'm, I'm afraid. Uh Oh, I'm here for the storylines, man. I want because you know what's funny? We, we're talking about it now, and then two months from now, I'm going to be like, John, you got to come on with me. We're going to be talking about these same storylines. <laughs> be that. I, I okay. There we if go. You come if you come to New York, and and you, it's is it ever going to be in this city? Is it ever going to be all positive in terms of how people view you? Who's the last athlete that had even like an 85% approval rating? New York athlete, big time star New York athlete. This is a great question. This is a great question. Now, the last athlete athlete that I'll say had an 85 over 85% or over approval rating, he just got injured for the season. Sorry, Andrew, Claudio. Exactly. That would be Aaron Rodgers. Exactly, because he didn't play any games. Playing games. You see, he played five, he played four snaps, and that's it. So his, his approval rating was high. It's still, it's still high. Um, you talk like about Jeter. Somebody- Jeter had a pretty high approval rating, but like, even are we talk. Are we talking about somebody who's traded to New York or somebody who's drafted to New York? Any any prominent, let's call it star athlete, star mm. athlete that put on whether it's the pinstripes, whether it's Knicks uniform, whether it's Giants, Jets, anything like. Andrew's Andrew's digging Andrews. into the recesses of his brain. Do oh, you have an obvious yeah. answer? Got to answer. Come on. Uh, so Aaron Judge. Did what last season? I mean, he's he's. A, I don't know anybody who dislikes Aaron Judge. So he has a pretty universally high approval yeah, rating. I don't know a Yankee approval. fan that doesn't like Aaron. Like, if you don't like I've Aaron never. Judge, you don't root for the Yankees. You know? Okay. 
maybe that's an unfair adva- example because Aaron, didn't Aaron did Aaron Judge like he's like when he's on the field he he's producing MVP level yeah. production right yeah okay so maybe we should go a step below that like unless you are clearly like the best player or one of the five best players in the sport when you are healthy. Like I'm thinking more of like the you know like the guys on the Knicks currently like Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson guys who are not at that level. It feels like New York is a place where there will be people who love you, and then there will be people giving an alternative opinion. Is there anybody that dislikes Jalen Brunson? I've that's, met that person, and that's where I'm getting at. Yeah, the, the approval rating was pretty close to 100 last season. Pretty cool. Pretty Everybody cool. loved him. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to start to get some backlash. And I wonder well, if, 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 if people are going to be like, he's a, he doesn't pass enough. He's not a true point guard. He looks to shoot too much. The defense is so bad in large part because of him. Where are we going? If he's one of our top two players, I wonder, cause it was found money, Dexter. It was found money. They got this guy who's like a max level player yep. for a, a, not a max contract. They signed yep. him away from a team that should have never let him go. And the whole season was about gloating over the fact that, hey, we got this guy. He's ours. He's the point guard that's been promised since Clyde. I wonder, I just wonder if they struggle at any point, is there going to be a little backlash? That's why See, I said well, I don't want to say it out loud. No, you, 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 they will because fans are going to be fans and that's going to happen. That's my point. So, so like, my it's, it's, it's going to happen. Like people are going to do that. Those people are ridiculous. I'll say that. I'll say that they're ridiculous. And here's why I'm going to say they're ridiculous. You mentioned some guys before and Andrew just mentioned Aaron Judge, which he's completely right about, right? Completely right about. And I'm saying this and I hope this isn't crazy for me to say this. Okay. And I might have said this to you before. I've said this to some of my friends and other stuff, people too. Jalen Brunson gives me the, and I am not a Yankees fan, didn't grow up a Yankees fan, but oh Jalen Brunson gives me the vibes of Jeter. Somebody that can handle New York, can handle the pressure as a primetime player. We haven't seen here in New York. He's unflappable. He's not phased by any. So here's what I'm saying. Even if that criticism comes from those Knicks fans who will do that, and again, they're wrong and ridiculous, they, he will still rise above that. He will be fine. That man showed me last year in the playoffs. He can do it. I trust him. I'm not saying he's a perfect star, right? Not saying any of that. I'm saying he's got that it factor, that moxie, that I hate even sometimes using all these cliche words that we do around sports, but he's got that for me. He's a leader. And I think when you can lead and you can step up, I think that matters. That doesn't mean the Knicks won't trade and bring in somebody that's actually more talented than Jalen Brunson. They probably will. They need, need to. Yeah. They need to, right? Like they need to, John. They have to. But he is. Listen, this is why I'm making the point about Jeter. There are people in the league that were more talented than Jeter, but he was that leader for the Yankees. Yep. He's that guy you trusted to come up in the clutch. I know it's one season, but that's the vibe I get about Jalen Brunson, and I think Knicks fans should feel good about that because you should ask yourself, Knicks fans, when's the last time you had that playing at the Garden? When? What is? I, I don't want to make it like I was I was building a straw man there because again no, that has to be clear like yeah. if there are criticisms that exist right now of the other ones and they're like a very small very very yeah. very small minority and I hope this doesn't happen I just like I feel like it's a again New York it's sports 
you know, like you like you mentioned Jeter. Jeter got booed, you know, like he was struggling at the time, but Derek Jeter got booed, you know. He wants what he got went 0 for 30, right? He got booed, right? Like That's just right, yeah. but but you know what? Did you ever feel like Derek Jeter was not going to be able to handle that? No. That for me, I didn't feel like he would not be able to rise above that or handle it. The only athletes that I've ever watched that gave me a, a better, like a safer feel, safer is a wrong word, but like a feeling like this guy's got, I don't, if he could be over 50, he's going to come through in the clutch. The only two athletes who ever gave me a stronger feeling are Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. Now, that may seem blasphemous because those are probably right. arguably the two predominant right. athletes of the last, whatever, 30, 40 years. But like, that's how you, if you watched Jeter every day, that's how you, that's how you felt about him, right? Yep. You know, like you, you just felt he was going to come through. And Jalen Brunson, there was a sense of security by the end of last season. Like, it's okay. Ball in Jalen Brunson's hands. We're going to be fine. We're going to figure out a way to close out this game, um, which is why I think there was all the good juju going into, you know, FIBA and Team USA. And that's why I feel badly it didn't, it didn't work out so well. And I don't, I don't put that on Brunson. I just think like, Look, that team, they got beat, you know, because they were the best yeah. team. But um, yeah, I, I'm all in on Jalen Munson. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If, if you're the person, if you're nitpicking, you're doing all that, that tells you're probably one of those people that want want it, want a cam hive. You want a cam reddish uh to be starting. I remember y'all. I remember y'all last year. I remember y'all. <laughs> they're still out there, Dex. Oh my God. They're very oh. much out there. They're they're uh they're like, where is he now? He's in LA. He's in LA. And you, you know, know what? what? Cam's got one good game in LA. You're going to see this on on social media, and people are going to be posting the video and the highlights and numbers and be like, shouldn't have traded him. Shouldn't have, even though they got Josh Hart, shouldn't have traded. Let's him. let's end with that. That's the that's going to be the last storyline. And you you say with with Cam, I'm sure if Cam has a nice game for LA, yes, we're going to get that. Yes, I actually think there is a chance that the if the Knicks are winning at a decent enough clip. I don't think people are going to it's it, it'll it'll get overshadowed, but Obi Toppin is going to look good in Indiana. And I, I'm not a big I'm, I'm like, I, I I've been I've gone on record. I think Obi's a nice role player. I don't think like the Knicks are going to miss him. Um, I think his he's a extraordinarily situationally dependent player in terms of like how he is going to be, how he's going to be, be 
best used and in terms of like how he's going to impact winning. But guess what? They're just so happy to be a team out there with the perfect situation. And the Knicks traded him to that team and he's going to look good. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to be like, could you imagine if there's a night where like Julius Randall goes like four for 20 and like the Knicks lose by a few points and like Obi goes like it's goes, goes for 20 points on like seven of eight shooting with like a, a handful of lob dunks from Halliburton. Like the reactions on that night, it's, well, see, it's, yeah, it's going to be wild. A, a, Andrew, just, Andrew just said, what, what happens if that happens in the same game, <laughs> same game. which would be disastrous, right? Oh but my think, Lord. But see, John, this is why I can always talk to you. And I, I, I love talking to um, fans and other media members who can talk with nuance. I appreciate okay? that. I, I, I really appreciate that, right? And this is why I love talking to you about the Knicks because there's nuance to this. You just said something that was perfect about that. Obi Toppin got traded to a perfect situation. I do agree he's going to look good in Indiana next to Halliburton. He's going to be able to run the floor. Yep. I think I think he's going to look good. It's going to play to a lot of his strengths. For all, When that happens, and it may happen in the same game, and Andrew's right, the doomsday scenario in that situation with the same game, it doesn't mean the Knicks failed. It doesn't mean it's a bad trade. Yeah. He was not going to play here over Julius Randle. So the Knicks, did they, I don't know how much, we talked about this before. I don't know how much better they were going to get than the two second round picks. It's a sunk cost. Can, it is what it is. Can, can we, if we assume that the front office is filled with rational actors, which I, I think, I think, and I that think they now have, they are. I think they, they are. Now, yes, now they are. And if we assume that like they have working telephones and like are not are, are not going to make a trade for offer X when offer Y, which is better, is sitting out there from another right. team. This is the this is the best that anyone's willing to give because other teams like I think looked at Obi and was like, OK, interesting player, nice player might work out. But like, is he going to work out here? Is it, is it worth our investment of, you know, whatever other draft assets to then? OK, maybe it looks good. We have to pay him in a year. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, a lot going on there. They got the best offer they could get because they got they made that trade. If it was a better offer, they would have traded somewhere right. else, you know? Right. And people, you know, you saw this, too, after that went down early this summer. Oh, you know, the Knicks could have got a first round pick. No, they couldn't. Anybody they, could, I, they, would they would have. Anybody I've talked to has yeah. told me that. And you know what? The Knicks were trading from a position just because of what the situation was of weakness. If the Knicks asked for a first round pick, do you know what all these other teams, including Indiana, were saying? Well, if he's that good, why don't you guys play him? That's what every team would have said to them. And it Obvious didn't happen. Answer. And right. And they got what they got. And it's okay. And some nights, and I love that you brought this up as a storyline because it's going to happen. This it's is uh, you can, inevitable. You can, Lock it down. It's going to happen. And like Andrew said, it might happen in the same game. Some nights, Obi Toppin's going to look really good. That doesn't mean the Knicks failed on that situation. It doesn't mean it's a bad trade. It is what it is. The Knicks, the Knicks will be, the Knicks are fine. I think the Knicks had a fine offseason. I don't know where you are on wins. I can't wait till I have you on in a couple of weeks. And I got to talk to you about something new that's coming up that, I, that I'd definitely like you to be a part of. Okay. But I, but I think that I think they're going to be a good team. I've I've said fifty wins for them this year. I think they're gonna win fifty games. I haven't it's gonna be a good team. I haven't made a prediction yet. Um I'm not gonna make one now. I what I did I've done this the last few years because it's like this is a problem when you have a newsletter, when you have 
podcast, when you like go in on other people's shows, it's like, I think the last couple of years I've made, it's like, different, uh, I, different predictions. yeah, it's like, I'm at the roulette table. Like, can we put a chip on 15? Let me get, yeah. you know, the, 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 the corners, you know, at, at the top left. Um, I haven't settled on one yet. I don't think I'm going to be predicting that they're going to win 50 games. I think um, something a little bit below that. Not too much. I don't think I thought you were going to go crazy and say, you're going to say, I'm not predicting 50. I'm predicting 55. I thought you were going to do that. (laughs) Hashtag 53 wins. Um, No, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. You know what it is? They, they start out with, I think they do have a tough slate start out um, really like the first third of the season is, is challenging. And then, Middle of the schedule, there's there's some a place some places where they could make up ground if they do struggle out of the gate. I don't know. I think last year they were a team that was, I would argue that they were a team that was greater than the sum of its parts. Um, can they be that again? Uh, we'll 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 see. I mean, it may, it's going to come down to a lot of the guys we talked about. So, you know, we look forward to seeing what they do. Um, and I look forward to you covering them and as well as uh, all the other stuff that you do. So I guess before we go, let, let folks at home know, you know, what are you up to? Where can we yeah. see you this year? I know you got your hands in a lot of things. Got my hands in a lot of things. You can catch me on New York Post Sports YouTube channel as well as SNY doing some stuff there. Also, I do updates on WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. But this is actually the first place I'm going to talk about this. I we at the New York Post SNY, we got a little basketball show coming, a little weekly basketball show That's where you're going to see you're going to see myself. Uh, you'll see some more details about that in a couple of weeks. We are going to have the great insiders and content creators like John is John will be a guest. You'll see people from other Knicks content creators on there. There'll obviously be Ian Begley, different a lot of different people will be coming on as guests. But we're going to talk New York hoops. Uh, so yeah, John, you're gonna, I'm, this is the first time I'm mentioning this publicly. So you're gonna be, you're gonna be, as you are regularly when you come on me with other new stuff, I'd love for you to come on for this and you will, I knew you were gonna be a part of it. So it's, it's gonna be good. It's, it's gonna my, be really good. My goal for this year is to make it into one of the studios that you, you record at just so once. That's, that's my so goal. That's, so that's also another thing that, I've been meaning to text you about, and I feel bad because this summer you and I were supposed to get up and have some food and we didn't get this done. We had, we, we both res- we, had respectively crazy summer, so we, we did forgive ourselves. So that's still going to happen. But the studio thing that's coming really soon. I'll, as soon as we're done recording, I'll talk to you about that. I have, right. it's going to be a couple of opportunities with that. You said at least once it's going to happen multiple times. So Listen, man, just letting you know, that's, I'm going to be there taking selfies of myself. Like, Hey, a big deal now. And I, Andrew, I, I, Andrew, you're Andrew. I gotta let Andrew know. Andrew's invited too because I, you know, and I want to say this. I said this last time. I love all the work you guys do. Uh, I'm big. I'm big fans. I'm always a big fan of supporting independent media. Everybody who knows me knows I'm about that. Uh, that's why I support you guys. All the fans, please like, subscribe, do all that stuff for K, uh, Next Film School KFS. They do a great job, and that's why I have you guys on. You know, it's it's. Media has to support other media. Yes. That's important. And I think the more we keep doing that, the more we grow. So it's not about one person being better or that. I loved what you and CP did. I love seeing that. Like that. That's always like, fun. I was like, that's dope. I love that you guys are doing that. So we just have to do the same. And um, yeah, more details to come on that basketball show. But yeah, Andrew, you're going to be part of it too. Can't um, wait. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm looking to have all, all the, the New York content creators that are out there doing this stuff with basketball. Looking for you, so I mean, you guys part a- Andrew's football team doesn't exist anymore, so he might as well talk about basketball. I think that's only fair. 
The reason exist. I have to go, Dexter, <laughs> is because if John wants to take a selfie, someone has to show him how to turn the camera around oh, on his wow. phone. Oh, wow. Go ahead. Take more shots at my Damn. phone. Too. Wow. Listen, I didn't notice about I didn't notice about Andrew that if you if you are come for him, he is definitely going to fire back. I didn't know that. Listen, Andrew's always locked and loaded. It's been a rough week and a half, Dexter. OK, <laughs> Andrew. I had the nerve to say Super Bowl, and I know Giant fans oh. and other football fans are tired of me saying it. Okay, you weren't there, you weren't in the building, you didn't feel the feels that I felt. Okay, and now you're not stuck watching Zach Wilson forever. Yeah. I'm not even saying like for the rest of the season, I'm convinced just he's going to be around but forever. An- but, Andrew, but Andrew, Andrew, yes. I-, I say this with I say this with all love and seriousness. No oh, good, talk about this before we started work. Hit me, you, you had to know the pain was coming, you knew the pain was coming. And I, what was coming. and I said this last week, I did try to approach with as much, as much hesitation. Nah, you didn't. You said, I no, did. you didn't. No, I did. Nah, at, well, at one point you <laughs> jumped off the ledge. Okay, what was will, the key word of the sentence? I just said, try. You try. Okay. Try. Any That's therapist fair, fair you go to is like, all right, you don't fair need enough. to succeed. You just need to try. Fair after try. battle. And then I jumped effort. out the window and guess what? I popped my Achilles four steps into the game. Okay. <laughs> Popped your Achilles. You were like uh, <sighs> that movie you love, The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson at the beginning of. Uh, oh, the, the other guy. Yeah, the other guy. Face flat in the window, uh, on the ground, on the concrete. Oh uh, man! All right. Well, this was aim for the bushes. I, Dexter Henry, you are the man. Um, Thank you, guys. You you talk us up, man. I appreciate what you do, and seriously, always seeing you. The you, you hustle, man. You, you are always I, out there. <laughs> I'm always I'm always hustling, but you guys are hustling too. People need to know. Yeah, it. I do it, it. It takes a lot of work to do what you do, you you guys are doing, and I think people we sometimes do. don't know don't know that. You know the work Andrew does, the work you do writing and 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 putting these shows and booking guests, and um, you know I watch you guys all the time, especially you know after games, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's a lot of work that that we all we all got to hustle, but it's but it's beautiful when we when we make uh, good content together. Yes, it's beautiful. Beautiful, exactly. especially when there's so much bad content out there. Well, you know what? You know what's funny? I, I don't mean to belabor this longer, but <laughs> just that, a look. not at all. This thing I the thing I say to people all the time is that point you made, J Mac. People think it's so easy. You know, I think I think sometimes what you guys do and what some other Nick content creators do, people are like, oh man, I could do that. Anybody can have a show. This is true. Hey, d- this is true. That doesn't mean everybody can do it well. And I think it takes a lot of work and putting work into your craft. So I respect the content creators that are doing it at a high level. I, I just want to be clear. Like I'm, th- I'm talking more about there's a lot of places out there who are who are like there's more clickbait out there than ever who are just trying. Oh to well, get that it. too. Oh, yeah, that that's too. that's what I was yeah. more referring there's no to. Nuance, there's like, not, they're not looking for nuance. They're not putting nuance into into that happens with video and with, yeah. with writing as well too. Yeah, you're right about that. No, and I, I'd like to think if no, listen, love us, hate us, and you fall into this category too. Like. E- e- at least I'd like to think everybody who pay, who who consumes what we do knows that we're doing like it's genuine. Like we're putting in the 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 time to make sure it's like yeah. okay. Is your reasoned opinions? It's an opinion, right? But might not right. might not agree with it. But we're putting it out there. Okay. Um. Enough. We're it's past eleven o'clock uh, as we're recording this. So Dex, you have stuff to do. I'm sure. Like maybe sleep. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> we'll talk throughout the year, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Thank you. I'll see both of you guys soon. Appreciate y'all. I hope you enjoyed that show with Dex. Uh, if you're not like following him on on Twitter or social media, go do so because he's always just putting out great stuff. Like he across the board, um, 
if if something is is featuring him, it is going to be of a very high level of quality. And it's also nice because, you know, what I love about and I didn't get a chance to get into this with him on this episode, but, um, you know, with how busy I know I am to have someone out there who consistently puts out little snippets on maybe, you know, like teams that I might not follow directly. It's an easy way to stay in the loop. And when you got someone really good like Dexter doing it, um, you know, it just, just makes life a lot better. So go follow him. Check out all of his stuff. Um, as for us, we will be back with another episode uh, later this week that I am excited for. I am not going to say anything other than that. I think it might be our last evergreen thing that we do for the summer. I think. I'm not sure. Uh, but it's going to be a fun one. So check that out. And we will be back with more fun and games very soon. Bye.